Hi, I'm Morgan Westfield, and you're listening to Vampires, Witches, and Geeks, a podcast about vampires, modern witches, and geeky stuff. This is episode 31, interview with writer Hal Bodner. This episode was recorded on December 31st, 2012. The interview itself was recorded July 2012 at Nikon. In the last episode, I interviewed writer F. Paul Wilson, a guest of honor at Nikon 32. This time, I'm interviewing writer and bon vivant Hal Bodner. Hal is the author of the novels Bite Club, The Trouble with Harry, both WeHo vampire novels, and two non-vampire novels for ravenous romance, In Flesh and Stone and For Love of the Dead. He is a former HWA trustee and lives in West Hollywood. His blog is at www.wehovampire.com. That's W-E-H-O-V-A-M-P-I-R-E.com. This interview was recorded at a convention, so there are varying levels of background noise. Okay, so I'm here at Nikon, and I'm interviewing Hal Bodner. Hal wrote uh, Bike Club. Thank you. And how, tell it, just for the listeners. And the trouble with Harry. And the trouble with Harry. But uh, these listeners are most interested in vampires. Okay. So tell us about Bike Club. Bike Club was my first novel. First? It was my very first novel. I know, it seems like so long ago. It does. Um, And it was the, it was one of the first um, vampire comedies. And I, it was the and one of the first gay vampire books because the 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 the, the ambiance of it and, and a couple of the main characters are gay, um, and I think it was the very first gay vampire comedy. Okay. I mean, the combination of all three. Right, yeah. and it's set in West Hollywood. And for it's, those of us on the East Coast, explain a little bit about West Hollywood. West Hollywood is the creative city. West Hollywood is a real place, um, uh, and what's interesting is all of the the stuff in Bike Club. And the trouble with Harry about the municipal laws, the insane municipal laws of what are as absolutely true of West Hollywood. And West Hollywood is this little town that was founded in 1984. Wow, that and, late. Uh huh. And it's a very small town. It's 33,000 people, and we have a very small town mentality, and we're very insular. And we're as far left-wing as you can go, you know, and we're right smack dab in the middle of one of the largest cities in the world because we're surrounded on all, on three or four sides by by Los Angeles. Wow. So we have this really small town mentality and these really big urban problems. Mm. And um, and that's West Hollywood. And I, I lived there for the 30 years. I mean, it, it's, and it's, it's a great town. And I, I do love it. I love it. So tell, tell us the story. In Bike Club, how does it start out? What's the Bike Club is actually is is actually I'm gonna I'm gonna use the evil word. It's it's a satire. Shh, don't tell anybody. Um, but uh, what happens at Bike Club? Bike Club is very very simple in plot wise. I, I'm not a plot person. I'm a character person. Um, uh, these I have to remember. I wrote it so long ago. Um, dead bodies start turning up in West Hollywood. Beautiful male bodies um, drained of blood, mm-hmm. and um, everybody, of course, talks about the vampire killer. You know, and uh, uh, West Hollywood City Coroner is this um, very jolly, very bright, uh, very overweight, compulsively overeating woman uh, named Rebecca O'Brien. 
and um, she has a crush on an old high school friend or a college friend uh, and he's her best friend and they talk on the phone all the time but they haven't seen each other in like 20 years he lives on the east coast she's on the west coast and she knows he's gay but she's kind of got a thing for him and she kind of uses the murders to get him to come out to West Hollywood as a consultant and when he arrives of course she thinks he's, he's terribly vain he's had work done because he hasn't aged a day in 20 years <laughs> and of course that's where the vampire element comes in and he shows up with his, his boyfriend um, who's uh, a Renfield uh, uh, a vampire's helper right? Um, who is this tremendously over the top campy blonde named Troy and um, together with a couple of other characters they they, they, they realize there's a, a real bad vampire in town and they solve the murders Okay. and now, everybody lives happily ever after until the next book ah, and what is the next book? The Trouble with Harry, that's a good one, that's a werewolf book oh ok, so that, that some of the characters same characters, all of them I and uh Harry's an interesting book because, um, I mean, the villain in Bite Club is kind of like Noel Coward with fangs. Um, he's very urbane, very witty. Um, but um, the villain in, in, in Harry is actually um, a lot scarier. <laughs> Excuse me. And even though he's a monster, a lot more human. Um, and... Um, what happens in uh, in Harry is um, there are additional murders in West Hollywood, um, but nobody believes the coroner that they're, they're murders. Everybody thinks they're accident and killing because um, there are pets being killed. And of course, in West Hollywood, that's like I mean, fifty people could die, but I mean, if, if you if you hurt a kitten, it's all over, you know. Exactly. Uh, it's just the way we are. Yeah. And. Um, uh, it, Becky begins to suspect that there's a werewolf in town and everybody thinks she's crazy and they go, you know, just because we had a vampire in town last year doesn't mean that every problem is supernatural. And um, uh, it turns out they do capture somebody who's a werewolf and it's the wrong werewolf. Um, there's a second werewolf and it's very, very funny. Um, it's actually probably the funniest book I've ever written. Okay. Now, I'm, you know, I read the book and it's all coming back now. The thing about Becky that got me that she was always stuffing her face and I thought that was a little over the top. And now that you say it's a satire, what was it satiring there? The, the perception that um, overweight people are always stuck in their face? Or? Well, no, I, th I don't think it's, it's that specific of a satire. I think the whole book is a satire. I mean, and, I mean the whole book is a send-up. But what I did was I was playing with, with stereotypes, and I was playing with... Um, <coughs> and what I was trying to do was I was trying to push stereotypes past the point where we became comfortable with them. Make them surreal and by doing so making them real again. And what I love about Becky and what well, the reason I made her so over the top heavy um, is because I wanted an overweight action hero. And if you read Bite Club very carefully, she actually is kind of an action hero mm -hmm. um, that weighs as much as a Volkswagen. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I really love that dichotomy between her being this kind of bumbling action here on being being a, a, Volk, a Volkswagen size. Um, the other thing that's interesting about it is I was a compulsive overeater. Oh, wow. You don't look it oh, for the uh, audio people. He does not look like thank he you. ever overate. Thank you. Well, I did. I did. I was a compulsive overeater. I was a treatment for it for quite a number of years. <coughs> I had actually some major health problems because of it. And the weird thing about Becky is um, there is not a thing that she did in that book 
that I didn't do at one time or another. Okay. And the really cool thing about compulsive overeaters, and I mean, I use it for comic effect, but it's very serious. Um, I remember very distinctly doing something that she does. Uh, I think in one scene, she's making a sandwich. I don't know if you remember it, but people remember this. If they, if they, she's making a sandwich. She's taken apart Oreos, mm-hmm. and she's jamming M and M's. Mm. And and um, what is it? Chocolate pudding, and mm. she's remaking the sandwich, mm. and it's and she's very detailed and it, and it seems very detail oriented. But as a compulsive overeater, I used to do that sort of thing, okay. and I used to, used to be obsessed with the process of food, oh. uh, and I would do these little constructs. I mean, I, I had I had friends that would come home from work and make make, and I'm not making light of the problem. I mean, I, I do in the book, but. Um, they would come home and they would make Wonder Bread sandwiches with um, lard and sugar. Ooh, I remember butter and sugar. Butter and sugar. And yeah. I never was that bad. Wow. But I would do these little kind of combination things. And Becky does that. And she does it pretty consistently. And she eats when she's nervous. She eats when she's thinking. But um, she never she never just eats. She always has a reason. Um, I think one of, one of the quintessential kind of Becky things is I don't know if you remember because Bike Club takes place at Halloween. Right. Um, the Halloween costume she chooses. Do you remember that? No. She, she, oh, Mormon. <laughs> no, I got a bad memory. Yes, I should read it again. Um, Kindle. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she um, she is the gingerbread witch, and what she's done is she has sewn goodies to her dress to her skirt so she doesn't have to worry about not having enough to eat and one of the other characters makes a comment about that she she should have taken the snack cakes and put them in the front because every time she sits down she sits down on them and crushes them but you know that's a very it's over the top but it's a very kind of it, it follows the logic of what I was experiencing when I was an overeater. Overeater, yeah. yeah. It's it's interesting because um, I'm currently on a low carb diet. Mm-hmm. I realized that I had a carb addiction, not to like breads and stuff, but definitely to sugars. And so, although I cannot identify with someone eating a whole uh, cake or a whole pie. A pound of M&M's? Yeah, I can, I can see that. Well, you know, in, in The Trouble with Harry, one of the things that happens is Becky decides to go on a diet. Because she's convinced that the reason she can't get a man, and that's sort of what she wants, right. is because she's, um, she's heavy. Right. And it's not. It's because she's frighteningly intelligent. And, and she terrifies people, not just men, but women, too. And, um, and she's got this very sick sense of humor, this kind of odd sense of humor that frightens people. And um, one of the things she does in The Trouble with Harry is she decides to go on a diet. And using her own inimitable Becky logic, which is logic that I remember having when I was overweight, um, she decides that what she'll do is she'll cut out all fat. Mm. Okay, because fat in the diet makes you... And this is a, a character who's a doctor. Yeah. Um, and, and, but she'll eat just sugar. Sugar is okay, as long as it doesn't have any fat. Yeah. Right. And the reason sugar is okay is because she intends to go to the gym and work off the sugar, the calories, because that's right. easy. And, of course, that never happens. No, no. But, but the logic of avoiding fats in favor of sugars... 
mm-hmm. is is work and twist and very funny. Yeah. I mean, it's sick. Yeah. But it's very funny, and she she goes through a period where where that's what she does, and it's kind of amusing. And by that time, you kind of love her, and you yeah. kind of feel for her. And yeah. and when she when she when she gets rid of the the cream cakes and she starts with the damn peppermint sticks, and she doesn't like them as much, <laughs> yeah. you kind of feel for her. Yeah. Now back to the vampires. If I remember correctly, I did read it. I do remember right. some. They were classic vampires, right? They couldn't go out in the sun, that type of thing. Well, they can, but it's it's actually a, a, an idea that I stole from from Quinn Yarbrough. Um, is they need uh, they need their native earth. Right. They need their yeah. native earth to go out in the sun. Okay. Um, and, and they're not. It's not their ideal environment. I mean, if they haven't eaten. I mean, Chris, who's my lead vampire, is kind of. Uh, kind of a klutzy version of the absent-minded professor in, mm-hmm. in a weird kind of gentlemanly way. Yeah. Um, and he, he, he forgets to eat when he's, when he's preoccupied. Ah, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's that one wonderful scene where, you know, he wants to go out and, and save the day and they open the curtains and, he, you know, he can't. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, um... Bike Club's been out a while. I'm looking forward to reading um, The Trouble with Harry. Harry. Yeah. yeah. And because it's a great universe, you do, as you said, you're a character person. I do remember that the characters were all well formed. You could understand the motivations, etc. And well, also, it was fun to read. It is, you know, at heart, people ask me, you know, to describe Bike Club thematically. And I mean, there's so many themes in it. I mean, it's, it's a. It's a political satire. It's a social satire. I mean, it, it skewers the left and the right. Um, I mean, there are times when when critics have said, "Oh, he he's not going to go there." Oh my God, he did. You know. Um, but I think above all, I think it's a fish out of water story. And I think what's so wonderful about it is that here we've got these monsters who are trying desperately to fit in so nobody notices them. Right. <laughs> because that's their protection. Right. And they've chosen this city of West Hollywood to be their, their home. And they're trying to fit in with these humans. And, and what we, the readers, see is that the monsters are actually very normal, except for the fact they're monsters. And the human beings around them in this city are insane. And, and they don't have the human experience to know that the humans are crazy. Right. And so they're trying to make sense of like, something uh, that's really, uh, you can't make sense out of it. Yep. And I think at its heart, that's what Bike Club is. I, and I, th- I, think, I think all of the Chris and Troy um, mm-hmm. books are fish out of water stories, in one way or another. Wow. Well, thank you for your time. I know this is, a, at folks, if I haven't mentioned this before, we're at Nikon, and Hal is a regular visitor here, and it's always great to run into you, and thank you for spending this time. You're quite welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to hearing from you. You can leave comments at www.vampireswitchesandgeeks.com or at my main website, www.morvinwestfield.com. Thanks for listening. This episode is copyright 2012 Morvin Westfield, but licensed under a Creative Commons license. See www.vampireswitchesandgeeks.com for more details.